0: On social media, we are sort of looked at as our creator of beauty quite often. And that's only one small aspect of what we do. And fundamentally, who we are is, is a healthcare professional. And health actually comes before anything else.
1: That was this week's guest. Rachel Jackson, and this is the Newbie Dentist Podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. This week's episode is one of my recent favorites. And I had the awesome privilege of getting introduced to Rachel and everything that she does within dentistry through a mutual friend. And having the conversation with her and talking about her story and her journey is something that is truly inspirational. Rachel graduated from Glasgow Caledonian University in 2004 with a degree in medical illustrations. And after a few years of work and starting a family, she decided to go back into clinical dentistry and completed a course in dental therapy in 2013. And again, while doing that and working for a few years, she decided that she wanted you know, more clinical scope and decided to get into dentistry where she started at the University of Aberdeen in 2017. She is currently a dental student, and she continued her artwork. And a couple of years ago, her artwork began to get noticed, and she was approached by the British Dental Journal to illustrate a series of covers for their 100th year anniversary of the BDA library. She was commissioned for this amazing project, and she has been drawing and illustrating covers for the British Dental Journal over the past few months and I'll have all these links in the show notes so you can definitely check out her Instagram page to see her amazing artwork and also check out the covers that she's been featured on the British Dental Journal. In this interview we talk about her ongoing evolution and what has driven her to continue to go back to school to get more credentials, to get more qualifications and what has been the ambition behind this kind of ongoing evolution and not settling for where she was. We also talk about the power of art in dentistry, in science and in just dealing with you know emotions and a lot of topics around communication and artwork. This interview is packed with a lot. It's quite dense but very enjoyable. I really thoroughly enjoyed going back and listening to it throughout the editing process and I'm sure you guys will get a lot of amazing value from it as well. This week's episode is brought to you by Ivoclar Vivident. Ivoclar is one of the world's leading and most innovative dental companies, offering a comprehensive range of products and systems that provide you with new opportunities in dentistry. For even a more aesthetic and efficient result and better dental care for your patients, be sure to check out Ivoclar, their academy, and the products and services that they offer at IvoclarVivident.com.au. Making people smile is what they do. Without further delay, I hope you enjoy this amazing episode with Rachel Jackson.
2: Welcome to the Newbie Dentist podcast, giving a voice to young clinicians worldwide. The Newbie Dentist podcast aims to be the dental industry leader in in in-depth, informative and motivational interviews with some of the world's leading clinicians, academics and experts with your host... Dr. Omid Azami. So I'm
1: here with uh, Rachel Jackson, who's kindly agreed to join us for a conversation around what she's doing over in Scotland. Uh, Rachel, I believe you're a final year dental student and are, you know, entering that final year now and and looking forward to the challenges that that comes with. We got. I got connected to you through a good friend, a mutual friend, uh, Dr. Bruce Freeman, who recommended your, you based on your artwork and everything that you're doing around, um, you know, using visual aids to help teaching and aiding teaching, and and it's quite exciting. I think you know we're both creators in different ways, like we were just talking about in the pre-interview, and I'm excited to dive into your process and your uh, how you apply these things. and And it's crazy, like you said, you've just recently started doing this at more of like a professional, I guess, level and and how quickly things are expanding and people are seeking out your work. So thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you very much for for letting me sort of chat to you and um, for the experience, I guess. You know, I'd mentioned to you that uh, the Newbie Dentist podcasts have featured in in my life for the past few years as a a dental student and um, learning from that and connecting with others, hearing the stories of others have been really important um, whilst multitasking so much, I think myself. So it was, it was a real pleasure to meet Bruce obviously, and then um, be connected to yourself. So yeah, thank you. <laughs>
1: That's great. So, I mean, you've, you've uh, listened to a few of these. So normally, like I'm sure, you know, we, we like to start with a bit of an origin story. So I'd love to you know hear your background. What made you get into dentistry in the first place? And then we'll get into all the art stuff from there.
0: Okay. Um, well I'm 37 now, so I've started dentistry a little bit later in life. Um, and um, I would say that it's a, a pretty good place to start to be honest. Um, to, I think a lot of things in life influence my approach to my professional career now so it's not necessarily a bad thing although it quite, was quite an upheaval at the time you know. Um, I first went to university to study as a medical artist and illustrator in Glasgow um, a young sort of teenager, early 20s. I was the only female um, medical illustrator in the department, so it was quite a lot of um, photography and and, um, requirements of me as a a female uh, to uh, support female patients, for example. It was quite an intense um, role. And as being quite young, it was a lot to sort of take on, but a steep learning curve. It was really good fun, Um, but it's quite a niche, you know, it's a small niche of uh, of a career path. So I then had my daughter in my early twenties, returned home to the north of Scotland and, you know, jobs were fairly few and far between. And I was looking for something that was sort of clinical based, still had patient contact. And I started training as a dental nurse. And then within the department I was working, The School of Dental Hygiene and Therapy was being built and developed and I sort of looked across there and thought "Mm, you know I quite fancy that, quite fancy being on the other side of the dental chair and I trained as a dental hygienist therapist. Um, I then had an opportunity to teach and to complete an undergraduate teaching um, training course which was I think fundamental actually to the rest the rest of my career is very leadership management sort of based understanding people understanding the theory of education which you know education in general is a is a massive cornerstone to to being a dentist and to what we provide and how to communicate with another person so that was I took such a huge amount from that a few years then being a tutor on the BSc oral health science course in Inverness and then um, decided to turn my whole world upside down again and become a dentist.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. No, right? no
0: other, no other reason really than to just do more. Yeah, and, and that's incredible. I absolutely, I love it so much. So, yeah.
1: One of my, one of my fascinations and what I really you know love about your story, where you just shared with us, is that you're not complacent. It seems you know you you'll get to a certain point and you're not happy just to stay there. You want to grow or take the next step or look for another opportunity. What what drives that? Because I think that's a that's an area where not everyone is like that. Obviously, like not the average person would necessarily take all these you know risks and be it financial, be it security, be it comfort, and then go out of your comfort zone to go back to school or take on another role or um, you know go into dental dentistry now and and want to kind of keep improving. What kind of
0: drove that in you? Um, I had to keep asking myself that question actually because <laughs> it sometimes feels as I'm searching for something that doesn't exist. But, but in, um, I think um, it's, it's fulfillment of some kind, I think, um, reward, I, I absolutely love um, dentistry and, and what that stands for and, and everything that comes with it. I think in my particular situation, dentistry was going to um, provide me with more, uh, open more doors, um, more knowledge and and that would constantly feed that desire to continue to develop through the rest of my career potentially more so than dental therapy and teaching did at that time and i could amalgamate all that past and i could apply all it was directly relevant so i had confidence then to start making that change um having a really secure and supportive family is massive for, for any individual to get the most from their career i think a secure and stable home life is, is really important. That's something actually that I t- I've taken from connecting with many of the authors in the BDJ series is that most of them have achieved what they've achieved through the support and, and having a stable family life. Um, so, yeah, that, that helps. And um, I'm not scared of um, taking a risk. I think I do that as an artist in general. I think you do that naturally it's part of your makeup to to not be too bothered about that Um to take everything that you can in that moment and there's the, the, i approach things there's no there's no end goal there, there's no narrow sprinting lane where i don't look left and right to just ultimately want this this thing at the end this object i just you know go through life looking constantly around me and, and taking everything in all the time. And when I get there, I get there and I'll get the gold at the end, like everyone else, except I'll have gathered so much along the way that then I can apply to the next thing and the next thing. And you approach the same um you know um a commission in the same way as an artist, you approach it the same way. You um look laterally and you take in so much of of the person and the surroundings and the situation and you you look at that and you transform that and you apply it and you create something. And, and my education and my, my approach to my career is very, very similar. I think.
1: Absolutely. And how do you, you know, taking all these steps, obviously not everything's going to be smooth and I'm sure there's been obstacles and things that have come up along the way. How do you, how do you then deal with uh, You know, like a failure or a rejection. How's, how's, what's your process with that?
0: Sometimes I feel like a jack of all trades and master of none. <laughs> and, you know, I'm I'm a mom. I am a student. I am a dental therapist, hygienist therapist working in practice. I'm producing artwork. Um, you know, I am someone in my family, an important member of my family. And um, and yeah, you know, it's hard to wear so many hats, isn't it? And and we all do that, I think, in our professional lives because we're sat there, and sometimes we have to be a support to a nurse or a support to a Family member, we have to take on um, perhaps what you know is burdening burdening our our patient. And you're trying to care for them. You're trying to deal with finances. You're trying to remember that you're still a mum at home or a father, and and your children at school and what they're needing at that time. So you're juggling plates all the time. It's no different. Um, I think as long as you are, it gives you back more than you put in, or more than it takes from you. I think you, you can maintain that balance so that it's not destructive in any way because it is a massively pressured job, you know. And, um, and how do I deal with it? It's just making sure that I'm juggling those plates for the right reasons. They're all the things I choose to do. You know, there's nothing in a day that I myself don't choose to do. So therefore everything I'm, I'm completing um, or all that effort I've put in is for something that I see as a rewarding for me you know, is fulfilling to me personally. And um, as long as you have um, those elements that are are identifiable to you as fulfillment, uh, then then you will do whatever it takes and you will take a hit and you will deal with it if pressure gets too much. When pressure gets too much, for me, I get rid of the things that that are not important. And sometimes when stress is too much and you can't think straight, you rely on trusted individuals in your family or close colleagues to, to just say, you know, right. Okay, Rich, just take a step back. This is what you need to do. Having trusted people in your life is really, really important. Having trusted colleagues in your life, having a close support network is really important as well. Um, for those highs and lows, uh, because they exist in equal proportions. Most of the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, having, you know, doing so much, I guess you know, a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of us do all these projects and, you know, we got the podcast, I got work and, you know, we got hobbies and family and uh, how do you, what's your strategies for like time management? How do you prioritize these things and make sure, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, when the plate gets too full, you know, things tend to fall off the plate a little bit. Um, and you gotta be careful that it's not the important things like family and things like that. So so how do you prioritize that kind of stuff in terms of like, I gotta get this done. Yeah, but I gotta, no,
0: I think, um, I'm still learning too, you know, and I never, never close my mind off to thinking, you know, oh, Rach, no, you've got that wrong. It's just not quite right now. And, you know, the past year was pretty intense, to be honest. You know, university, it's it, it's an intense course. It's an intense profession and it can absolutely take all of you if, if you allow that to happen. And, um, I think at times I have probably prioritised that over family, and that's where having a supportive family um, comes in because they'll allow that to happen and still maintain things in function for you to then come back to, and, and it works both ways. Um, Compartmentalisation is key. I close the door on home life and my identity as a mum and open the door on university. Close the door open the door and that that helps me um focus for a time period on what I need to do what needs to get done and it's done I think it's I really um if if you don't close the door properly on it it's tapping on your shoulder constantly isn't it um you need to do this you need to do this you need to and you you don't switch off and give your family enough of 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 you and and sometimes the profession or, or any profession this can go for any profession any job or any um, imbalance can um, can just create then that you know episode of stress and pressure that that needn't be and you and you really need to you need to connect with your family as as often as you can because it's it's good for the soul good good for you good for them you know. <laughs>
1: So let's, uh, let's get into the art. Uh, I'm interested, uh, you know, I, I love drawing myself. I mean, not to this level, obviously that you produce, but, um, it is something that I, you know, since I was a kid or even like during like high school uh, university and just like as a hobby, or, like just in the evenings, I would just kind of sketch out and, and these kind of things. And you know, I, uh, my dad's like an engineer and architect and stuff. So always, you know, it's more so like abstract buildings and that kind of stuff that I used to draw. Yeah, like,
0: but you've had that in your background, yeah, kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's,
1: it's it's a nice skill. So I'm I'm curious. You know, we'll we'll build up, but I want to know like where art entered your life and how you like developed the skill first of all before how you start to like deploy it.
0: Yeah, I think um, I, I, it's a, it, there is an a, an element of natural ability in in this, um, and throughout high school. You know, yes, went through um, and achieved the grades, high grades in that that area of my education, and then, uh, but always loved the sciences as well, and that's how I ended up bridging the two to become a medical illustrator and artist because I was very much, I wasn't so much abstract in in my approach. I, I looked at micro imagery a lot and, and precision, and that's just my enjoyment, my skill based, and I think you always um, want to. Um, produce something that you feel more comfortable doing or that you feel um, more successful in. So I was fairly niche in what I was doing at that time and um, developed that as, as within a hospital setting. But that hospital setting was primarily di- digital. You know, it was a lot of digital photography moving me away from the, the artistic, you know, um, illustrative skills in a traditional sense, which I didn't enjoy. It, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, So building that over time. To be honest with you, I, I left you know the, the art art side of things back when in my early twenties, and I didn't do anything at all until dental school. You know, three four years ago. Along with the only thing, like the the gap would have been a good twelve years. Okay, and you didn't you draw know. at all. Well, ten, say ten, say ten years. Not really. I'd be pottering maybe with something, but certainly not. Not not particularly. I was busy working, busy doing other things, biddy busy, busy studying as a as a dental therapist and things and um had a young child and whatnot. So not necessarily. And but the only and I do look back at this and I was chatting to my um head of school not long ago about it, and the only thing I had in my hand consistently was a drill. And the only thing I could relate to or, or consider that was being built unbeknown to me was this constant ability to become more precise all the time with with what we were doing as in a practical sense through my education within dental education you know and um so that's the only because i shocked myself i turned around one one day in dental school a couple of years ago when i'd started building this again and started having the opportunity to create things again and even shocked myself i thought oh, good that's all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask like that'll
1: do <laughs> is it like do you not lose the skill if you haven't practiced for like you know 10 plus years i like think it's, i think it's
0: been i think it's been built innately through um drilling and filling devel- teeth.
1: developing a strong hand and good dexterity
0: yeah. hand-eye coordination dexterity spatial awareness
1: that's amazing um yeah.
0: and knowledge of anatomy and, and and space and 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 yeah shape form negative shapes um yeah I think that's where that's come from.
1: So with your, like, did you, your formal art training, was that like your undergrad degree that you did in your like early twenties?
0: Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a BSc in, in medical illustration.
1: That's a cool degree. It's like, not something I'd even like heard about or considered ever like, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. So you're a small, usually a small team and you're responsible for documenting, you know, patients' uh, conditions photographically, but also you support many professionals develop teaching aids, posters. Presentations, uh, patient di- diagrams for leaflets within a hospital—all of those things. Um, textbook illustrations—that's where all those fabulous ones come from. Usually, medical yeah. artists there. So, so yeah, it was a great, a great team actually to work with. So it's a lovely. I, in fact, I would advise any medical illustrator to consider being a dentist.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the skills <laughs> are quite transferable, right? So
0: yeah, hugely, hugely more than you'd ever imagine. So, when's the first time where?
1: you know, fast forward, now you're like, you know, closer to your dental school days or you're working in, in hygiene. Uh, when was the first time you were commissioned a piece where you like, you did something for an external project? What was that experience like?
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a relatively I'm quite a quiet person, to be honest. And, um, I would just sit underneath the radar most of the time and had done at university and, um, but felt the need and, and just was inspired by dentistry to start producing artwork. And I did. And I approached um, my head of school at that time, mm-hmm. Professor Gibson, and um, we chatted about it. And he was so encouraging. He said, "Forget the five-year plan, Rich. You know, really, really enjoy your time here and explore it and 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 be inspired by it. And whatever aspects of your education you need that'll help you, you know, produce work and, and be fulfilled in this area, then we'll we'll support you." And they have and. From that, I presented my work to the university and in the audience, there was the head of the British Dental Association, Ros McMullen, And uh, I I was quite nervous because I didn't know she was attending at all. And um, I I presented, you know, my work, just some ideas, um, just to sort of express, you know, what I was doing and, and how beneficial this was to me and my education and my identity and, and, I talked about identity and dentistry and and how we are portrayed in society. And and I've always had a bit of a struggle with that because um, I'm so in awe of what we do and I love what we do. And it's disappointing sometimes to see that in society we're not particularly well represented. And and that's really sad, actually. So uh, Roz was there and she gave me a little wave and I didn't really know who she was. And um, she left and then I heard from her a wee while later and she invited me down to London and I presented. At the well-being conference about uh, mental health and well-being in the in the profession and and about me balancing uh, my artwork and um, my education and how that it helps helps uh, me balance uh, my own well-being and things like that and um uh, she commissioned a piece actually she was one of the first ones to commission a piece a real privilege a real privilege actually a real privilege and um we work, I worked closely with her for a while. In fact, she is coming up to the north of Scotland to collect this next week. So <laughs> we will see what she thinks I of it. I hope it is done or and, are you still working on it? <laughs> I am still working. Well no, it's, going, it's actually it's actually going to the frame as today. So um so that was exciting and that that amount of trust from that person was um fundamental and that um encouragement and support bolsters you then and and you think, you know, okay, I can do something with it. This is valued within my world. This is value to other people. And um, and that's great. Let's see where this can go. And then um, I was the student representative at the time for the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. And I touched base with Bertie Napier. And he invited me to exhibit some of my work at that time in London that year at their, at their annual conference, which was um, a fantastic opportunity to do that. And... It was really well-received. And so that then began um, the the sale of this work, you know, and um, people then contacting to purchase what I'd already done or commission various pieces and things like that. Um, Very inspiring group of people, really... really helpful and encouraging and and it's it's that 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 keeps you going because like i say balancing those plates you know you need someone to say this this is good this you're you're doing well keep going keep going yeah that positive
1: reinforcement really helps maintain momentum it does
0: It does. So that was that was back in November, and since then, you know, there's the website, and there's now an existing gallery within the Campbell Academy in Nottingham, and so the original work sort of goes there as a as a gallery within an educational institute, which was really important to me because all of the artwork is produced through education. You know, it's inspired by our education, um, and it's it's meant to educate others and bring about some, some passion and, and, and show and demonstrate that passion and dedication that we all have. So that was the right place for me to put my work. I was really happy um, to work with Colin and Andy for that. So hopefully that will grow now, you know, but that, that's only nine, nine 10 months. It's, it's a whirlwind, an absolute whirlwind. Well,
1: when, you got to, when you're good at it, why not keep going with it and, and use the momentum? How much time do you put per week to this?
0: It's been different obviously over the past nine months. The BDJ project, um, when I received an email from Melissa, arts editor at the BDJ, and we had a, a chat uh, through video link, she'd said, you know, is this something you could do? I thought, well, I'm in lockdown. I My job's on pause right now. Uni's finished for the year, got the summer ahead. Surely I can do this. Didn't really think much about it. Just said yes, because why would you not? <laughs> and not, not only is it the cover of the bdj which is important to me but it was the it was the actual commission it was what they were asking for which is um, again about visually representing that dedication and duty over the past 100 years as we celebrate the centenary of the british central association library it was amazing so yeah so i left i was like yes 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 and um, then realized that Every fortnight, I had to produce a piece of original artwork based on books I had never read (laughs) and had very little knowledge, you know, of. And to do it justice, to really get to grips with this, you have you have to understand it, and you have to take time to research and connect with others. And that was vital. So to actually produce each end piece takes hours and hours and hours. I usually get up around about half seven. I start work at my desk from about nine o'clock and I go to bed about 11 and I work all day
1: what's your creative process like what get like you know if you're kind of stuck or when you're looking at the blank canvas what what's like how do you start
0: so if, we, if you if you're thinking of, of the bdj commission itself all of them are based on a book obviously so I begin to have a, a sense of what's how hap- um, the book represents so I'll either connect with the author themselves for them to tell me um or People in the profession, you know, what did they take from this book? What was it that they identify with particularly? And where was the learning curve? What What was the emphasis, a particular chapter, particular imagery? What was it saying? So I do a bit of research to start with. I have to get some visuals going. Um, I have a small team at the BDJ that helped me a lot with sourcing information and visuals for me. Um, Instagram, huge um, access to imagery, you know, is an uh, insane. <laughs> and... Um, and and so important right now in lockdown. I did, I couldn't. I'd usually go to Glasgow, the Surgeons' Hall, or, or um, you know, Edinburgh Surgeons' Hall. Sorry, and uh, Glasgow's Hunterian Museum, and, you know, look at objects and from the past and present and things like that, or connect with people, go into practice, go into surgery, observe people, um, and I couldn't do any of that. So, once I've got something there, um, I start building that and trying to then get the right emphasis on the right thing and hopefully i've I've selected the right points you know behind me there you've got the the Schillingberg piece from fundamentals of fixed prosthodontics and you know it's just my take and and inspired by that journey that process and right or wrong it was what it was at that time in that moment and hopefully I've done the right thing, and uh, it's a risk. It's a gamble, and I could fail. A bit like in dentistry. <laughs> but you do what you think is right at the yeah, time. Yeah, of course.
1: Then you got to trust your own your own process and and believe in your yeah. Own, you have to believe in yourself at the end of the day, right? To to have the I confidence to course, put yourself out course. there. There's a lot of vulnerability when you like create something and put you know put some effort behind a project and uh, how it's received. Is, You're like
0: bearing your soul a little bit when you put that out as well, you know. <laughs>
1: I'd love to get your take on. I know you've lectured on it now with the talks and things that you've given about identity and, and dentistry and how art kind of links into that. What's your I mean, and you know, having worked as a dentist for a few years, I've definitely I have my, myself and I have friends and colleagues that you know go through that you know burnout phase. And a lot of it I think comes back to what you mentioned, where the perception of dentists isn't always positive, where you know patients come in and the first thing they say to is like, Oh no, no offense, but I hate the dentist. And and that kind of stuff does get to you over time because you you believe that you're doing right and you're you know giving the patient a good service and and you know providing care to the best of your ability but when that when that gratitude necessarily isn't there, you don't get that satisfaction of like a job well done and it does kind of eat, eat away at you a little bit so I'm curious on your take um, with identity and dentistry and how um, you know you're using art what's the angle there
0: um I think it's I'd started looking at identity in dentistry because um i wanted to know what it was i was getting myself into <laughs> to be honest i was leaving an identity behind you know and turning my life upside down and it was always different from being in, in undergrad you know and being connected with the with specialists and, and people within our field who have so much passion for it and then going into society and like just as you've if you, as you've mentioned but but also on social media because we're all um Guided now by a visual, very, very easily influenced by a visual, fast-paced imagery, constantly, constantly. Nothing shocks us anymore. Nothing, nothing connects with you in a deep sense anymore, um, or at least you know a good portion of it of what we what we expose ourselves to. And this is the public and the profession. And I think it's in equal measures. I don't think just because we're professionals that we distance ourselves from that or can separate it and and that's important actually because we are influenced hugely and that influence then manifests itself in the treatment we provide therefore it manifests itself in our patients and we have a, a duty and an obligation that is not driven by um a changing identity of modern times this is this is a profession in its own right and for me i started exploring this and, and the 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 Differences between uh, social media, for example, and, and where I was at that time in that lecture room and tried to replicate that in some of the artwork I was producing and try to use artwork actually as a way to educate patients. So one of the um, pieces of artwork I produced was um, the first jellyfish, endodontic jellyfish. And, and that was to kind of get across to patients the transparency and the, and the complexity of a structure like that. And um, for them to visually understand things a little bit better. Um, But there were other reasons uh, for that as well. And I think um, on social media, we are sort of looked at as our creator of beauty quite often. And that's only one small aspect of what we do. And and fundamentally, who we are is, is a healthcare professional. And health actually comes before anything else. Health and well-being of another human being. There's, there's no, there's not a single day any one of us get out of bed and wishes ill health or harm on another individual. Not ever, not ever. And you know, yet we go into that, and there's so much, um, so many pressures from coming from so many different angles that uh, we're human, like everyone else. And we're not robots and and unfortunately the profession and the uh, regulation and everything that goes with it has sort of (sighs) developed that in us slightly. We've started to take a slightly more robotic approach to what we do out of fear, you know, and um, that takes the human connection away between you and your patient, which is absolutely vital. So. I began to kind of try to think of how, me, how, how these skills, me as an artist could be maintained because that's important to me. And so I had to explore then where does an artist fit in dentistry? We start branding this word, don't we? We, 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 we consider ourselves to be artists, to have these qualities, but well, do you really know what that means? Do you really know the length and breadth of this? And um, so I started looking at it and I'm not sure that we do. And um, this was something I picked up on actually when I chatted with Bruce because um, I'd always, you know, we we see as creativity in a a, a physical sense, um, shape, symmetry, form, and and that's what we visualise. That's what we we show, we display, we use it to sell our our, um, skills. We use it to identify each other. Good bad dent good dentist, bad dentist. How how neat is the chamfer on your crown fret? No. <laughs> that's that's a very small um area of artistry and dentistry. And so I've asked a question throughout this BDJ series, you know, what's the difference between an artist and a dentist? And I ask all of the authors this as well, or all the professionals that I contact and have a chat with. I'll probably ask you this as well. <laughs> what's the difference between an artist and a dentist? And I've had loads of you know, um, responses and, and all of it's positive, which is lovely. Lovely, lovely to hear because it's important for me to hear because I, I, it feels about a value.
1: Yeah. What's some of the best it, answers you've heard?
0: I'm curious. Some of the best answers um, have been that it's our ability to be able to connect and transfer a patient's story. Mm-hmm. And that is fundamental to That's... what artists do on a day-to-day basis that is what they strive to do It's what they would deem as successful is to take um, an environment or an emotion or um, a story a personality a character and take all of it and be able to to listen to it to understand it and to consider how to completely transform that into one visual now you need to be able to do that you need to be able to using those exact same skills to extract the information from patients so that you are treating them in the most holistic and patient-centered way. And that is the foundation for everything you provide. We are providing a service. We are a service provider. The patients are the ones that will um, benefit from our ability to be able to provide that service, that service that is for them and to be able to do that is a massive reward you get the same reward from that as you do painting a masterpiece or a um a portrait of a loved one if you're if you're given a commission like i ha- had been for for ros or um for commissions in general you take that same um you know level of um respect and um it's 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 an honor and a privilege to do that it's the same way as of, of what we're um what we're providing for patients in terms of health care and and um you know dental care and, and and yes it can be beautification of someone's smile it can be and we must remember that sometimes that's massively at least life-changing for people um so yes um so the, the art in dentistry, that was the best answer. You know, it is a communication, edu- communication education and transfer of story is, is, is the art of dentistry. And there's an emphasis at the moment in, in making sure that we teach at undergraduate level and indeed postgraduate level. And we bring about the identity again of, of the healthcare practitioner that is taking a patient centred approach to patient care. And I think that can be facilitated through art-based teaching. So i sort of looking at that a little bit more and, and how we develop an undergraduate curriculum to include the arts.
1: I think it's a great skill to have, for sure. And you know, even for the patient education side of things, you know, I'm sure like a lot of dentists, even to explain something or to a procedure or risk factors, You know, I'll sit there with like a pen and paper and I'll actually like draw it out and be like, this is what can happen, this is what we're going to do. And that vis- and that visual side of things is it's is much easier for picture for patients to understand what you're telling them versus you just sitting there, okay, and then I'm gonna prep this margin and then this is gonna happen. And so I think the the art side of it is is really cool there. I think, you know, to your point about connecting with patients and the holistic approach and not being so robotic, it's a challenge. I think, especially, you know, having spoken to a lot of dentists in the UK and uh you know, the the, the downside of like the public system and, and the burden it creates on, you know. Service like dentists and doctors to maybe work on volume to kind of make ends meet in terms of like reimbursement rates and stuff being so low. I think it takes a it takes away from the patient experience a little bit because you don't have the time to like sit there necessarily and spend the, and the time to understand the whole picture. So I think these are great points, and I hope and I'm sure you know knowing your your grit and your you know hard work ethic and things. I'm sure you'll find ways to incorporate this and maybe even you know bring about some change in how you practice and how dentistry is done in the UK and hopefully yeah and, I would you know, hope so as well <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh you know I, I know you you said earlier where you sat with your with the head of your school and he uh, said forget the five-year plan but what's your you know you're entering your final year now and obviously you have this side kind of hustle that's grown into such a big part of your life and your identity as an artist and um it's it's taking you to kind of new areas where a lot of people you know don't get to experience, which is which is outstanding, and I really commend you for that. What's your, I guess, you know, I don't know if you have short-term goals or where you see yourself, uh, both as a dentist, like clinically, and then where the art's going to go for you. What's your, like, what do you hope for in the next five years?
0: Yeah, as I say, I'd, I'd always taken the five-year plan, and I think um approach to things, and we do, don't we? Because we've got to the financial aspect of life, you know, has to be maintained, and that's why we make sure we're secure as we can. Stopping that for a while was really um, valuable because I took such a huge amount from it rather than focusing on one thing all the time. So I'm not, I don't have a five year plan. Um, and I'm happy with that because um, I'm still taking in everything that this experience is able to provide me. Not, um, I'm trying not to remove any part of that or not, not, um, Appreciate that or embrace that, you know. So keeping keeping fairly open is is key right now for me. Um, There are aspects of dentistry I enjoy most. I miss having not having a drill in my hand. I will always be a restorative, uh, you know, aspect of dentistry for sure. Um, You know, just because I'm incredibly pedantic and I just have to have to have that in my my life. Um, And I I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, But I. I think the the artist side of things, I think um, I will be an artist that is a dentist. I think that would be a really nice thing to be for me. Um, and so I think I'll continue the business, continue taking on commissions, uh, slowing it down a little bit. This year is my final year, I really need to make sure I'm putting the right emphasis on the right thing at the right time. And um, get out of here and of um, uh, dental school, finished dental school. I'm not wishing that time away at all. I mean, goodness, if anyone go back there. It's just an amazing place to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I envy the people that are about to start dental school. I absolutely envy them. Um and dentistry is a continuous cycle of education. So certainly maybe an MSD, restorative dentistry, love to go again to Kings would be great. Yeah, it's a great program. <laughs> I
1: have a few friends Something who've gone like through that, it and yeah. uh, they they speak really highly of it. So I definitely would encourage yeah. you. And I mean, obviously you're you're you got the hands for it and the eye for it, so I think you'll be quite successful in that
0: aesthetic realm of uh, dentistry. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, so yeah, a, a couple of things that I'd quite like to do and to to explore, I think, but not nothing a hundred percent definite yet.
1: I like I like that you said that you want to be a dentist, and a, like it's the identity side of things is really important. I remember uh, I was reading a book and and they brought up that point of like you know if you have if it's a hobby that you do or a passion that you have to identify as. Like I'm not just you know training for a race, like I'm a runner, or I don't draw, like I'm an artist, like that. I, if you identify as that, it's it's a it's a nice way of sticking to things. I find.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's personal, you know, um, and that's fulfillment, and and having fulfillment is is balances that that well being aspect. And as I mentioned, these authors again, and and I received a book through the post actually from. Uh, one of the authors it was um from Mike Wise and he on the inside it was the original first edition first copy and I I didn't realize he was sending me this and um I opened the first page and inside there's an inscription of um the date of of, um conceived on you know as as akin to a birth of a child and I thought this is this is what this means to people this is the, the dedication and passion that they have and this is he is in this book and this is who this person is um and so i who that that to mike is his fulfillment that is what drives him and that is what his legacy and so um it's different for everybody isn't it what what that identity is what that aspect of the career is or 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 life in general and as long as we know what that is we know what makes us happy we can bring that into our working life as, as much as we can to just maintain that balance of pressure so that we, we get some fulfillment, some reward that keeps us going because it's a constant um, cycle. Uh, without it, we get lost. Without it, the balance is gone. Without it, we are, we are unwell. Um, so, so trying to find these ways to identify myself as an artist in my profession is very, very important to me, yeah. And if you know,
1: fast forward 15 years, what's the main thing you want to be like you know recognized for in your artwork?
0: 15 years. Well i am not be retired. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends how lucrative your aesthetic dental practice is, I guess. <laughs> I know, I will answer
0: it. <laughs> what's
1: what's the legacy do you want to leave behind with your artwork?
0: Oh legacy. Oh goodness. Oh, I think I think the BDJ project's pretty special you know, a hundred years celebration. That's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, the, the artwork as it compiles and, and framed and ready, you know, it looks pretty awesome. I think, I think being a trusted professional to my patients, to my patients that are in my care when that door is closed, that's the, that's incredibly important to me. And it's nothing to do with social media. It's nothing to do with anything in the world that goes on outside those doors. So. um, that's important. And, you know, that's my professional, you know, legacy. That that's what I need to do. You know, um the garnishes to life are, are the BDJ stuff, you know, and, and all of this, you know, this is this is garnish to life and, and garnish to my um professional identity, my professional duty, isn't it? You know? So and that'll do. And then just being a really good mum.
1: of your of your you know uh, attributes and skills and things you have what's the one thing that you hope to
0: pass on to your kids my daughter's a lovely little artist actually um but i can't convince her to be a dentist i'm afraid but uh, (laughs) a work ethic i think educational ethic she already gets a lot a lot from from that side of things um not being uh being yourself and being confident in yourself and and try not to be swayed by others too much and be open to learning be, never be complacent ever constantly try to reinvent yourself and not be frightened of that and um yeah
1: yeah i love that i love that complacency piece because you know when i hear your story i you know i'm sure you've encountered a lot of people who have been to each of those steps that you've been at and just kind of stopped. And that's kind of been their, their complacent like place where they kind of finish up at and they don't keep growing and they don't keep pushing themselves. So it's, it's really cool that, you know, you've taken all these steps and, and I'm sure it bodes well because it's going to be that you're going to you know, move forward into your career without fear and keep taking on different challenges and, and finding opportunities. And, uh, it's, it's been really, if you equipped,
0: I think, yeah, I think it's, it's being equipped and constantly yeah, being cool. equipped, yeah. you know, Um, for for changing dynamics changing profession having that attitude you know even even in you know the past you know five and ten years things have changed things are changing constantly so if you if you you can not be frightened of that and and you know connecting with each other is so important you know communicate with the dentist that works, the associate that works in the next room or you know don't be lost. Don't, don't be lost in your, in your own, in your own surgery, in your own world. Um, That slows down your, your um, drive to develop and things as well and whatnot. So um, yeah, keep an open mind.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's been amazing, Rachel. Thank you so much. Uh, We covered a lot of topics and, uh, you know, a lot of these themes that kind of emerge as, you know, I've I've chanted so many individuals and and I love that a lot of people who are successful in their own right and in, in what they want to accomplish have so many like similar kind of traits and characteristics and and you see like the same like patterns over and over again. So uh, it's always nice to I agree
0: with you there, actually. Yeah. I picked up on a similar thing with with uh, many of the authors and people I've connected through this. There's a similarity in character and approach, I think you need to, you need to write that up. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting good. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. I've, I'm, I've been, I just started a new book. Uh, it's called grit. Uh, I think it's Angela Duckworth. And uh, she talks about where, like, it's important to have talent, obviously, but it's not so much the talent. That's the predictor of like outcomes. It's more so like, you know, stick to itiveness and like uh, sticking to a project and developing that skill over time, which makes people kind of get to where they want to get to. So I think, um, that's why I asked you like how long you did it for when you started. And, um, uh, it's interesting that you said talent is a bit, a component of it, which is, um, you know, which most yeah, people and think- Yeah, and na- natural
0: ability for sure. For sure. But, um, you see so many, um, individuals just throw the towel in if things aren't uh, perfect, even when I'm trying to encourage people to begin, you know, developing, precision and dexterity through drawing exercises for example their perception is that that drawing exercise has to be something like Leonardo da Vinci you know it's nothing to do with that it is it is hand-eye coordination and in using this as a vehicle to get you from A to B Um, but we start to think of that 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 what we've produced is a reflection on ourselves and that frightens us doesn't it because and that's that's why peer review is so important because You've got to maintain this sort of blank canvas where people are open to constantly learning from each other without fear because that openness builds strength and then you can go into your professional career happy to knock on the door next door and say, hey, will you come and have a look at this? Um, And and that ensures that that, those foundations of dentistry is maintained as well, um, that we're all striving for that common goal so it all it all leads on to, to the same thing, and
1: that's what uh, one of the other key things is uh, being open for feedback. And again, you're you're talking about that. Awesome. I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on. I am really excited to kind of see your growth and see where things go in your in your career. Uh, definitely stay in touch. I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone interested in checking out Rachel's artwork and um, grabbing a piece. It might be a good investment now to get in before yeah, the, uh, the prices get too high. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i'll definitely uh it'd be cool to get a couple of pieces and i'll, I'll get them up in my, in my wall and yeah if I, if, I can, if I can afford uh a commission it'll be co- it'll be cool to get a like a, a podcast one or something done so uh <laughs> i'll, I'll, I'll chat about that off <laughs> thanks thanks again for coming on and uh all the best in your final year down
0: school thank you thank you very much for having me
2: Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Newbie Dentist podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and head over to iTunes and give the show a five-star rating. For all show notes and to access all previous episodes, head over to www.newbiedentist.com. Have a great day.